the school is out. Which means it's time for Hi Kids. Hakuna Matata, a song from the Lion King. What good music to start a show with. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hi Kids show. My name is Renal Silverstone and I am your host for today. This is Hi Kids for Kids by Kids. And thank you for tuning in to 101.9 Hi FM and listening to the Hi Kids show. Today on the Hi Kids show, I'll be speaking to Chad Thomas and Carla Burtis and they are from a place called IRS Forensic Investigations. So listen kids, don't go away. We have a very interesting show for you today. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. I have Chad Thomas and Carla Burtis in st- studio. So send your questions to 34519 or what's up to 061-895-1019. Good afternoon, Chad and Carla. Hi, Renelle. How are you all? How's your day going? What's been up? It's been all right, thank you. How is yours? And the normal. (laughs) Chad, can you explain to our listeners what IRS is and what it stands for? IRS stands for Integrated Risk Solutions, which is quite a mouthful. So we just refer to IRS investigations these days. And as the name suggests, we are investigators. We PRs, we private investigators. And uh, what we try to do is investigate the bad guys and bring justice for the good guys. Oh, wow. That is really something. Can you give us a little bit of your background in the IRS? Uh, I started in the military. I worked in an intelligence capacity many, many years ago, which meant that my job was to identify and infiltrate groups of bad guys that were wanting to do bad things. And um, later I worked for the banks doing much the same. And in the early 2000s, long before most of the kids listening to the show were born, I decided to start a company that could help private people, um, families that had been affected by crime and didn't think that they could find justice anywhere else to investigate those crimes on their behalf. Oh, that is a lot of work, though. It is. It's difficult. But at the end of the day, if you can help families and you can help people, you can try to push for a a change in in, in crime, and and hopefully it will affect the, the, the next generation. Oh, wow. Please, God. You said infiltrate. I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> Can you explain to us what it means? Infiltrate means that if you identify a group of people who are doing bad things, you need to become part of that group to find out how they're doing it. So you go undercover. So what I used to do long before I started IRS is I would infiltrate groups of of bad people that wanted to do bad things to our country and bad things to other people. The the whole aim of infiltration is to find out how they're committing those crimes so that they can be arrested and brought before the courts and so that justice can be served. Wow. Can you give us a... Oh, sorry, I already said that. How did the IRS start... Or get off the ground. IRS started in the early 2000s. Um, what we found is that the police had a lot of work to do. We found that banks and corporates had their own investigators, but that the normal man on the street, the normal family, if they suffered at the, as a result of a crime, they weren't getting the attention they deserved in respect to that investigation. So it was started in the early 2000s to try to help families get closure. Hmm. Carla. What is the function of the IRS? 
Um, I think Chad pretty much answered it. It's to help the everyday person, SMEs, or anybody who has been a victim of a crime. For us, it's specifically financial crimes. Um, we assist them by going to the police for them, writing statements on their behalfs, and opening cases for them. Oh, wow. Who can work for the IAS? Um, if you have a background in criminal justice, I personally studied at uh, UP, the University of Pretoria, and I did criminology and sociology. Um, but if you've been in the police force, if you have a forensic auditing certificate or a forensic certificate, you could come. But it kind of has to be in you, and you have to have a passion for it, and it is a hard job to take on, and... Um, a lot of the time, it's quite draining. How long do you have to study in university for it? I study criminology for three years. Hmm. Hmm. That's quite cool. Do you have to study to do this kind? Oh, wait, you do. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have to study is what I meant. Um, it differentiates. I personally study criminology. One of my colleagues has done criminal justice. Uh, many of us in the office have different certificates. Oh, wow. What do you get the certificates for? Uh, forensic auditing, forensics, documentation, evaluation. It'll all fall under criminal justice or anything to do with criminology. Hmm. Can you explain to our listeners what auditing is and evolution? Auditing. Um for instance, I will get a bank statement and I'll have to go through that bank statement to make sure that it adds up to what you, as my client, is saying is true. And evolution? I think you mean evaluation. I think oh. evaluation. <laughs> I wasn't prepared to explain that one. <laughs> evolution, we'd be here for a long, long time, and a lot of people would be unhappy <laughs> with us. But evaluation means to evaluate the information that's given. So when you're conducting a forensic audit, you're evaluating the information to make sure that you can prove the elements of a crime. Very often somebody could be upset with somebody and make allegations against them to say that this person did something wrong and stole money from our bank account. You need to prove that. So we analyze the bank account, we analyze the banking records, we analyze the financial statements to be able to evaluate whether your version of events is actually true. You have a lot of big words. Now, can you please possibly explain allegations? Allegations means, for example, for, for the kids that are listening, that if I go home and I, I say to my mom, so-and-so bullied me on the field today, and I make allegations that this person hurt me, pushed me to the ground, and stole my bag. So now that's an allegation that's been made. So it's very serious for, for a child to be bullied at school. So... I would want my parent to report it to the school. The school would have to investigate it. They can't just take my word for it. So at the point, at that point, it's still an allegation. But then they investigate it. So they'll ask the other children who are on the field, was um, so-and-so bullying so-and-so? And maybe they've even got cameras in the school and cameras on the field. And they'll go check those cameras from the day before. And then it's no longer an allegation. It's now proven that that person did in fact bully me, pushed me to the ground, and took my bag. Huh. Carla and Chad, what kind of work, like work do you do? On the daily, we do financial crime investigations. 
So what that means in essence is fraud. Fraud's a huge problem in South Africa. And with computers, people don't realize that they're opening their lives up to the outside world. So just like we always say stranger danger to children, to adults we say to them, listen, be careful about sharing your details because people will be able to find out what your password is, maybe hack your bank account. So we we try to bring awareness to the public how they they can prevent themselves from defrauded, being defrauded. And if they are defrauded, we try to help them in opening a case and recovering their money. So our day-to-day activities involves investigating those crimes and, most importantly, bringing awareness to the public to try to stop those crimes from happening. Yeah, sounds like a big job. (laughs) Can you explain to us what is financial fraud? Financial fraud means the deliberate misrepresentation on the part of one party that prejudices another financially. Now, that's big. That definition is scary, and anybody that's listening, especially a child, is going to find it difficult to understand what that means. So simply put, it means that I fib to you or I lie, or I show you something that doesn't really exist so that I can get your money. I do something wrong in any way possible to try to take your money from you. Yeah, that's happened to a lot of people, which is very bad. Chad, what is a forensic investigation? Well, the word forensic is a very, very broad term. So I'm glad you asked me that because for the kids that are listening, they're going to be going to a stage where they're going to have to decide what to study at school so that they can determine what they want to do with their future, what jobs they want to do. So the word forensic basically means any science that's applied in the investigation of a crime. So I'm going to give you a few examples. Carla and I of forensic investigators in the financial crime sense of the word. So the, the the science that we use would be financial audit. So we would be able to look at financial statements, we'd be able to look at bank statements, and we'd be able to investigate a fraud based on using a calculator, using a computer, etc. But then you have other forensic sciences. You have forensic pathology, which is the examination of a body. So if somebody was murdered, a forensic pathologist is a special doctor that will be able to examine that body and determine how the person died. Then you'll have a forensic ballistics expert. So for all the boys that are listening out there, I'm sure they'd love to know what this one is. Forensic ballistics means the examination of a gun or bullets to determine how that person was shot, what caliber of weapon was used. What does caliber mean? Caliber means the type of bullet that was used. So you get different kinds of bullets for different kinds of guns. So a forensic ballistic expert would be that person who examines bullets and examines guns. Then you get a forensic blood splatter analysis. Now this is spooky. Now we're bordering on the horror movie stuff. The forensic uh, blood splatter analysis is the guy that looks at how somebody may have been stabbed and, and how they were stabbed and what they were stabbed with. Well, that is spooky though. <laughs> Carla, what is corruption? The easiest way to put it is, let's say your mom gets pulled over in a traffic stop and her license is expired and the cop says, I'm hungry. Your mom will offer your, the cop perhaps 20 rand and she can go away Free. without a fine. That's corruption. So ba- basically doing something against the law? Basically paying something off for gain. Oh. Do you enjoy your job? I do. I really do. I think um, 
you don't find a lot of women doing my job or in the position of my job, so I enjoy it a lot. Is your job hard? Um, <laughs> yes and no. Dealing with a lot of different sectors is hard, and dealing with people who have been prejudiced against is hard, so who have been hurt, to put it simply, okay. that's hard. Um, but at the end of the day, to help somebody, it's always, it's, that's always a good feeling. Yeah. And again with the big words, <laughs> what does sectors and prejudice mean? Sectors are, let's, okay, different agencies. Like you'll have SARS, SAPS, so the SARS, the South African Police Services. You'll have the FSCA, the financial sector now. So basically what all these different acronyms are, are different organizations that were created by the government to investigate crime. And for Carla and I to be able to investigate crime, we have to be able to communicate with these different departments. So all these different departments that Carla deals with includes the tax man, includes the policeman, includes the prosecutor. And for those that don't know what a prosecutor is, a prosecutor is a lawyer that works for the government to lock away criminals. Mm, wow. So it really does seem really tough, though, this job. <laughs> it can be. Chad, what does the IRS Criminal Division do? Renell, the <laughs> IRS Criminal Division <laughs> tries its best to lock up criminals. So what it does, in essence, is the company is divided up. We have organized crime investigation. Now, organized crime means like if any of the kids that are listening have watched a mafia movie, it means that we investigate the mafia. For those who don't know what the mafia is, mafia are a group of people who want to deliberately commit crime. So you get different kinds of criminals. An opportunistic criminal could be somebody that walks past your mom's car and sees that your mom forgot her cell phone in the car and smashes the window and steals the cell phone. That's an opportunistic thief. But then an organized thief is somebody who plans with others over a long period of time to maybe steal a very valuable painting from an art gallery. Wow. Shocking. <laughs> well, kids, all I have to say for you guys do not become a criminal. Jail's not fun. <laughs> Carla, do you have special agents? Not in the IRS, no. Do you use secret double seven agents? Oh, I don't understand that. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Let's quickly take a song break. Come on. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 High FM. Let's carry on with the question. Carla, how long does a criminal investigation take? Unfortunately, I get this uh, question way too many times from our clients. There is no time limit on, a, on an investigation. Because you're dealing with so many different sectors, like we spoke about earlier, it can span between... Two weeks to maybe three or four or five years. Whoa, that went big from small. <laughs> Chad, what penalties are these for these kind of crimes? 
Well, it varies. So if if somebody's caught doing something for the first time and they've stolen money or they've they've lied to somebody to get hold of their money and it's under 250,000 rand, they could maybe get a suspended sentence, which means they don't go to jail. It means they could get correctional supervision, which means that they're under house arrest, which means they're not allowed to leave their house. But if it's over 250,000 rand that they've they've stolen from people um, through their their lies and their deceit. It means they can go to jail for upwards of 15 years. It's very, very serious. And if they charged in terms of the Prevention of Organized Crime Act, which I told you earlier, organized means that it's guys that deliberately set out to steal from people and they may steal millions of rands, they can get a massive 25 years in jail or a fine of 100 million rand. Whoa, guys, that's a lot of money, and you don't want to spend 25 years in jail either. So you guys better not commit any crimes, and I'm warning you, we'll catch you. (laughs) Carla, does your company deal with corruption with the government? Some parts of our company do. Um, Mainly Chad will take on cases like that, yes. How should we be dealing with our old president, Jacob Zuma's house in Nkanda? That is such a tough question because everybody has gone on about President Jacob Zuma and the house that was built with government money. So let's take it to the basics. This house, which is quite a big house by normal standards, has a thatch roof, has a swimming pool, has a couple of small buildings outside that can a be used for cottages. Pool. That swimming pool was called a fire pool. But the cost of the house was actually covered by the by the taxpayer illegally. The taxpayer paid two hundred and fifty million Rand. Now that could build a small hotel, that could build um, a school, it could build a clinic. So everybody was very upset by this. And when they investigated it they found out that Money had been used illegally. As far as I'm concerned, if it goes to court, because right now, remember I told told you guys earlier about an allegation? Well, right now it hasn't been tested in court. So it's still an allegation that it was government money that came via the taxpayer that paid for that house. But if they prove in court that it was in fact the taxpayer's money, like the public protector said in her report, then that house should be auctioned off and the money given back to government to benefit the taxpayer. So in other words, they should sell that house and the money should be used to build schools or to build a clinic. What would you recommend if someone wanted to start a business like yours? I would tell them to run very far in the opposite direction. (laughs) No, like give them real advice. The real advice is it's a very, very difficult job because you are relying on trying to help a person who's come to you with their problems. They are heartbroken. They may have lost their life savings. So they said they upset they need an investigation to be done. So they're negative. Now, the person we investigated, the criminal, is also negative because he knows we're now investigating him and we want to lock him up. So we've now got two very sad people, one that we represent, one that we want to lock up. So you need to be very strong in character to be able to do this job because there's there's no happiness at the beginning of any investigation. But you want to bring happiness by trying to bring that person to jail and try to get the money back for the person who was robbed or defrauded. What does defrauded mean? 
Just out of concern. <laughs> okay. Defrauded, like I explained earlier, means that somebody lied to take your money from you. So I could come to you and I would say, Renell, you know the latest iPhone? You go, yeah, 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 yeah. I say, do you want one? You'd say, I would, but I can't afford it. I say, I've got a friend who's come from America and he's got 10 iPhones and he got them as a present overseas and he'll let us buy them for a thousand rand each. So you go to your mom and you say, mom, this guy called Chad says he can get me an iPhone for a thousand rand. Please could you give me the thousand rand? So she gives you the thousand rand. You give me the thousand rand and you never see me again. You never hear from me again. Those iPhones never existed. I was lying to you about those iPhones just so that I could get your mom's money. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> what challenges do you face? Um, once again, just working with the various sectors and authority figures that I that I deal with daily. Um, sometimes it feels like you can be at a complete dead end in an investigation, and it takes speaking to. For 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 me, it'll, I'll speak to Chad about an investigation or numerous colleagues, and have to find different ways to look at it. Um, I think that's the biggest challenge that I face daily. Hmm. Right. And what about you, Chad? You know, like Carla said, we we have to act in the middle. So we get a client that's lost money, and that client may have gone to the police to try to open a case, and the police may not have understood how that fraud happened. Like I, I gave you the example of the iPhone, the police may say, Yes, maybe that man did have the iPhones and you just can't get hold of him. We don't want to open the case. So the people come to us and they say, listen, we honestly believe that this man didn't have the iPhone he promised us. Please can you investigate? So we investigate on their behalf. Now we have to go back to those same police officers and say, listen, guys, we've also investigated this. And you know what? The person was right. There were never any iPhones. So the biggest challenge we have is dealing with lots of people to prove the case and to then get the cooperation that we need from the authorities to proceed with the investigation. Still seems like a lot of work. <laughs> how would you investigate the situation and how would you find out all the detail? Well, that could be giving away our secrets because there's a lot of secrets involved in investigation. You need to do a background. Now, a background check means finding out everything about the person you're investigating. So when you do a background check, you want to find out who's their mom, who's their dad, who's their grandpa, who's their granny, where do they live, what work do they do, have they defrauded other people in the past, do they have a criminal record. Have they got judgments against him? Now, what is a judgment? A judgment means that perhaps I got a bank account and the bank loaned me money to buy a car. So they loaned me a hundred thousand rand to, to, to buy a car and I got that car, but I never paid the bank back that money. So the bank takes judgment against me. So when I am examining a, a person of interest, somebody who we're investigating, I want to see how they spent their money. I want to see if perhaps they did commit this crime because they're living the flashy life. So say, for example, somebody earns 1,000 rand a month, but they spend 2,000 rand a month going to parties. Where's that extra 1,000 rand coming from? So I need to investigate where that extra 1,000 rand is coming from. And that extra 1,000 rand could have been your mom's money for the iPhone that never, ever existed. Whoa. Can you tell us any successful IRS projects that you have been involved in? 
um, yeah, you know, what I'd love the, the kids to do is if they want to research, they can go to our website, which is irsa.co.za, and there are lots and lots and lots of newspaper articles. There's videos from television programs like Carte Blanche and Special Assignment, because we've arrested in the last uh, 16 years that, that IRS has existed, we've exist, we've arrested a lot of people. But some highlights in the last year, I arrested a fraudster by the name of David Powell. He's currently awaiting trial, which means he's in jail waiting for his case to come before a magistrate. He defrauded people of their life savings of 20 million rand. Um, another person we arrested was by the name of C.J. Crick. He defrauded SARS, which is the tax man of over 30 million rand. He's serving a 20-year sentence. Another lady down the road in Edenvale, Linda Badia, she defrauded her company of 3.5 million rand. She took a 15-year sentence. So all of these is in the, it's in the newspapers, it's on the television, it's even on radio. We have a show on Chai FM called Confidential Brief every Monday, 12 o'clock, and we talk about the cases we investigate because so many people are victims and we're trying to help so many people guys as I said do not be a criminal it's not fun also you used another big word wow what is magistrate okay so a magistrate is somebody that has to be neutral so neutral means he doesn't know the criminal and he doesn't know the victim and he is to sit and he is to listen to the victim's story and hear from the victim what happened to them. Then he is to hear from the criminal the criminal's story. And he is to make up his mind who is telling the truth. And if the criminal is lying, he then sends that criminal to jail. Oh, wow. That seems hectic. What are your long-term goals for the IRS? You know... There's, there's so much fraud out there. There's so much crime out there. The reason we, we are so, like today on your show, we're so much in the public domain, which means that we, 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 we talk so much about fraud to people like you, like kids, adults, old people. It's to try educate people so that they don't fall victim. They don't become victims of crime. So our, our ultimate aim would be to Educate people. And that's why it's so great to speak to the kids today, the Kha kids, because we're teaching them that it's not going to turn out well if you lie to people. And yeah. if you lie to people, you're going to go to jail. Only if you lie to someone for a life. That's a different story. This has been Kha Kids for Kids by Kids. My name is Renal Silverstone. I'm 11 years old. Thank you so much to my guests, Chad Thomas and Carla Burtis, for coming on Kha Kids. And thank you to my producer, Mandy and Craig, for pushing the big red buttons. Join us tomorrow for another Chai Kids show, only on 101.9 Chai FM. Goodbye, kids. Have a super-duper day.